And does it work? Can you hear me in the back? Yeah. Okay, thank you. Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhasa Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhasa Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhasa Bodang damang sangang namasami. <coughs> so we have <coughs> today we have finished with all the interviews, and I have very much appreciated to get to know some of you a little bit, or to meet again some of you who I know from from before. And um, it's like when, also like when I looked at, when I arrived here and I looked at the list of retreatants and I looked at the age. <laughs> <laughs> I recognize that at least half of us are over 50. <laughs> and in some groups, aging has come up and, and how to relate to that, relate to the minor or not so minor difficulties that can or that do arise um, in regards to aging bodies and to our practice. It's like I remember in one group, I had somebody saying that, um, like he thought he, he could not really practice anymore because he couldn't keep up really a routine of sitting hours and walking hours because of the body declining and what became very obvious to me in that moment is that and come like coming from that person and having an experience of long time practice it's like do we do we see our practice only happening when we are sitting on the mat. It's like, is that the means in itself? Um, and what I, what I mentioned to the person, I said, look, in, in our tradition, the emphasis, yes, we do have times of long time, of meditation practice in the winter, for example, and also shorter periods in the summer. But the emphasis is really to apply the mindfulness we develop, the awareness that we develop into everyday life. So we can, like, and well, it doesn't matter how old we are, <laughs> you know, it's even, 
if you like say if you think you don't have time to practice because you are so busy in your job or you are so busy with your children or whatever it is um, like Achan Charles I remember from reading some of his teachings or saying like to somebody who taught, I think it was a businessman from Bangkok or so, who came to visit him in the monastery. And, and uh, the businessman said to him, well, I really can't practice, I just don't have the time. And Ajahn Chah looked at him and he said, do you have time to breathe? <laughs> <laughs> and he said, yeah, of course. He said, then you, then you have also time to practice. And for me that is, and in a way that really is an encouragement. Like there's, there's no situation in life that we can't really practice mindfulness, awareness, applying what we have learned in our formal meditation practice, also in our studies about the Dhamma, to, to really apply to our everyday life. I think it's very important, actually. It's one essential part of it. We, we don't do the sitting and walking, the formal practice, just as a means in itself, for itself. No, it does develop qualities of mind that are that that are available and they do naturally flow into our everyday life when we constantly practice. It's like if you only practice when you are on retreat once a year. Not so much happening there. <laughs> so, but the point is really like establishing a practice that supports you in your everyday life. And when you are not able to practice formally because, like say, of sickness, then really dedicate some time in your life where you practice mindfulness. I do remember one of my first winter retreats at, I think it was at Amaravati, yeah, one of my first winter retreats at Amaravati. Ajahn Sumedho was saying, um, was suggesting to the community to practice mindfulness every time when we were opening the doors and closing the doors. And whenever we were doing that, practicing mindfulness, part of that was really <laughs> just in regards to the vihara and to kind of level down the sound <laughs> that it's by banging doors and not being really aware with doors. But also it's just like how a simple task, just like kind of taking the door handle, putting it down, opening the door, walking through, taking the handle from the other side, closing the door, that's it. But being really with it. And there are many other situations where 
where you can do that in your everyday life. It's like, for example, practicing mindfulness when you leave your flat, your house, and you go to work. Or at a certain time during the day, where you just say, like this next 10 minutes, I'm just mindful as much as I can. And that is as much practice as sitting on the mat. It's just really applying it into a more active mode. And um, I'd like to kind of turn back to the to the aging bit. I was I, I really had to laugh today. <laughs> I I was looking into Wikipedia what they say about aging because like I'm German and sometimes I don't quite get right the the terms, you know, I I understand it in my way and sometimes I get it and sometimes I don't. So I looked into Wikipedia and there was lots of aging. <laughs> and, and, and one thing that really, I just, uh, once, like one part of it was saying, yeah, like in the beginning it was quite reasonable. It was saying like aging, the process of the body, breaking up slowly and so on. And then they came to the scientific researchers and the scientists found out, or some of them are of the opinion that aging is a sickness that eventually leads to death. (laughs) 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 Like you, (laughs) when I saw that, I just thought, wow, (laughs) that is really (laughs) a discovery here. <laughs> so, so, and I mentioned that in the morning to the other Ajans, they, they laughed like you. And Ajahn, I think Ajahn Sujitu was who said, well, actually aging starts with birth. <laughs> so being born, you start aging. And like when we go, and I do really talk also from my own experience here, when we are go when we are going beyond a certain age like and i'm i'm looking like for me it was very much around getting into my 50s i'm 60 now and it seems like your perceptions about aging and the how do you say the the predicament of that, like, I mean, your body is really changing quite rapidly in ways that you have no control. And I know for some of you who have gone or who are in predicaments of illness much earlier in your life, you have probably very similar experiences. But it's just like, for me, it was... Like also like <laughs> sometimes I, I I found myself like say looking in the, like passing by a mirror somewhere and just seeing a face there <laughs> and, I, 
<laughs> I didn't actually I didn't quite recognize it was me. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it's like, oh, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> and this is all this is all part of it. It's just like um when we when we move into that direction, I think what I do experience as some of the blessings is really um, being in some ways much more laid back. Just like I really know more and more that I'm not in control, that even if I, if I aspire, even if I try, or even if I manipulate a little bit, I I don't know, you know. I I I don't know even what this what this talk is bringing out, you know. Or I don't know what is going to happen in the next half an hour, in the next hour. I have my ideas, I have my opinions, and and I have a few what I like, of what I like for things to be, but I have no control. And that is something I could not understand when I was, like, say, in my 30s. I thought it was just, you just had to do it, you know, go for it and and conquer the world. (laughs) And, of course, I didn't conquer the world, but um, what I see as a really very clear shift is turning away, almost like turning away more from the doer into letting be. And actually, when I can do that, I very much enjoy that. It's, it really feels like a relief, and it feels like it's actually the blessing of aging. That you that you are, like, for many of you, I, I'm sure you can relate to that, like, when you are coming closer to retirement, or when you are entering retirement, suddenly there's a lot of space. Like, there's, there's a lot of, I mean, space to use in the way that is really entirely up to you. It's like space for practice, space for in terms of formal practice, for study of the Dhamma and understanding Dhamma. Also maybe more space for your friends, for your family. But, like, I think the significance in that is that that we come to see that we actually, like, Actually, there's nothing wrong in aging. <laughs> you know, I think many of us, I don't know of the people here, but in our society, have to understand that aging is just, we all go through that. When we are born uh, from a certain, I mean, we start aging, you know, and we, we get more aware about aging and then also moving towards the end of life when we are 
passing through a certain age limit or also it might for some of us it might come by recognizing that friends are dying that people who are close to us are kind of dealing with very severe illnesses or terminal illnesses and are really kind of moving closer to the end and part of the Buddhist practice is really whatever age you are is to really work with with the ending which is in a way what I think it's just a change it's just a transformation and it's like can we see that in a way we die right here, right now, all the time. And it's 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 just part it's just part of life. It's just part of the processes unfolding. There is there's a constant change, there's a constant transformation. And we have heard lots of teachings during this retreat from the Archan and also Junjanto. It's like how how we sometimes try to solidify at a certain point or in a certain sense of self because we think it gives us a certain security. But sooner or later we will discover that this is just one of or just one one illusion. This is just something that if we try to hold on to that, we do move into suffering. It's just like can can we say yes to the changes that unfold? And especially can we say yes to the changes that unfold when when the body is aging, when there is not so much energy available to do what you maybe would like to do. When you see you are <laughs> you are getting slower, like you are or like say on your jogging path it takes much longer to <laughs> to to finish it. Or like say when, when you do some physical work in your house or with friends and you notice well actually hmm it changes. Not so not so much available right now. And and also really seeing well there's nothing that shouldn't be like that. It's just that's just how it is. And And I think what can be in the way for accepting this process, accepting things as they move, or life as it moves into that direction, is our expectations, it's what we would like us to be, like our self-imaging, 
it's like we we can't come to terms with with those changes we can't quite we are, we are not yet on the point to say to say really yes to that and i'm just when i when i'm pausing right now i'm just thinking of it's like how was it like for myself like when i when i came into into the 50s i i experienced that i put more pressure on myself to keep up a certain pace you know it's like even in monastic life you do that and i just i just felt like i wanted to prove myself or probably also others that I could still do everything and just as good as before. And from a certain point on, I, I, just, I just felt like, what's going on here? <laughs> I mean, as a monastic, as a nun, <laughs> can't I accept that I'm aging? Can't I accept that this process is unfolding and I'm, it's just happening here right now? Can I, just, can I just make the space to embrace that and to say to my sisters, sorry, I, like, this is as much as I can do. The rest, it's not po- I mean, it's not possible. And, and like, also like through certain situations I came into into positions where I had to ask for help and that was another big thing <laughs> just kind of it's like it feels almost like you're giving up a little bit of independence that you really hang on to you you always could do that just by yourself you didn't need to ask somebody else to step in to to come in and join in or or to even do something for you and having these experiences the first time really in my life was such a challenge you know it's just i would have never thought it would be and i don't know how it is for others who have had maybe similar experiences. But I feel like that is one of the steps we do in terms of accepting aging, that we say, well, actually, there are limitations and I have to accept them. And in a way, if I look broader, (laughs) like, say, as a child, you have limitations. As a teenager, there are limitations, physically or, or just kind of peer pressure and so on. As, as an adult, there are limita- other kinds of limitations. So we actually do experience limitations and we do experience not being in charge. But we, do we really... Do we, 
do we really want to um, realize that? Do, do we really want to look at it? You know, do, are we aware this is happening right now? Or do you just say, okay, yeah, yeah, I can't do that right now. Okay, let's, t- let's turn to Trump, something else. I think the preparation for aging and also like illnesses that come through aging, that come later in life or not, um, like we can prepare ourselves by acknowledging limitations, acknowledging, um, (laughs) I mean basically you could say acknowledging not to be perfect. And isn't that a relief? (laughs) Maybe not. For me it was. And it was something that happened quite early. And like, after a few years of monastic life, I just was in situations where I had to do things I never had to do outside (laughs) before. And, And I just... And it was something I really, it was an internal process. And I just really came to the point where I said, sorry, I'm not perfect. And it's okay. And when I could really not just think about it or just say it, but really feel it internally, it was such a relief. It was so freeing. Uh, it really felt. It felt like it was <coughs> taking away a lot of tension, a lot of tightness, and a lot of pressure. Like if you are in a very high-powered work situation, if you are under a lot of stress and pressure, like with your work, with your family life, sometimes just to to acknowledge for just for yourself, to say, well, I'm not perfect, can I just accept this? It can be really helpful. It can be such, like, it's almost like freeing up energy that you use to put kind of pressure and also to kind of you use for solidifying a certain self-image that isn't real. You know, when you can when you can let go of that and to say, well, actually, yeah, I'm not perfect. I do make mistakes. I do. I can't always live up to all the expectations of myself, like in myself, or that are projected on myself. And is that okay? I, like, for me, it was one of the stepping stones to to understand that we do with creating ourselves again and again to see how much pressure, how much stress we do we do create in our lives. And it's just like it feels almost like when you're in that roller coaster or in this wheel like hamster wheel that just kind of turns around and faster and faster. <laughs> and and uh, the way of step of 
stopping it. It's just really stepping out and saying, no, I'm not part of this. And it's hard to do that, to step out and say, well, because I'm so supreme, (laughs) I know it all and I'm perfect. I mean, if you can do that, great. (laughs) I, I doubt. But I think it's something important to to recognize. Also, I think with what goes along with aging is, and it's something I do experience more and more because I'm aging myself, that people lay people come and they want to speak about their experience of aging, the difficulties that they have with with it and how they, like asking like, how can I come to terms with those changes and so on. And I think as, as practitioners, as people who are really on the path, practicing regularly, we actually do have something precious to offer to our friends who maybe don't have that refuge, who don't have that background. And they, they may actually be really benefiting from your experience, from what you have been understanding so far. And you might be able to show them even like little skillful or small skillful means to relate to like say feeling just really weak. Like say you're getting up in the morning and you are not feeling rested. That's, that's something that I have been experiencing quite a lot. And and just to to kind of kind of show them that well okay then just kind of take it step by step. You don't have to push yourself through that. Or you, you don't have to push yourself into a place where you don't experience that. You know, it's, it's actually okay not always to feel on top of everything else. On to- like to be on top of your life, you know. And when we do experience it, it's great, yeah. But it gets less <laughs> with aging. And at least physically. Mm. And yeah, really to come back to I I do see that and I feel it is really uh, a loss for our society that aging is not or 
people of age are not really appreciated in the way they could be. And it's like when you look around, it's just all being young. And, 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 you know, it's so... Our, our social life loses steps by this. It's like, it's like, where are the roots? <laughs> you know, yes, I mean, yes, there are the young people. There are the children, there are the young adults, there are the middle-aged adults, and there are the aging adults, like the, the elderly adults, let's say it that way. Um, and each of us, in these different groups, we have to offer something into society. We have to offer something towards each other. And it's almost like it's the fear of death, of aging so strong that we can't deal with a very simple reality. And I mean, I think this is something we all have to ask ourselves, but also like this, maybe to bring it up with friends, you know, and just kind of highlight what is what is wrong with being older. Like, how do you actually experience it? Hmm, interesting. And I think for some, and I don't know if it is more for women or for men. Um, it seems like almost uh, the aging of the body and just like starting to get wrinkles in your face and everything that goes along with that. Kind of, what is the problem? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, maybe it's easy. Like some of the women here might think it's easy for you to think that you're a monastic. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody expects you to be beautiful and to wear makeup and all this kind of stuff. You know, yes, in some ways it's true, it's easier being a monastic with that. But I think what, what I see in others is what makes people beautiful is like authenticity is living up to their values, being in alignment with truth, being like having an, a holistic approach to life. Like these are qualities that are not depending on age. You know, you, that's, that's however old you are, that's, you can practice that, you can manifest that in your life. And I think it's just like, and I have seen it and I've experienced it myself, even as a nun. It's like when, when you are getting older, so sometimes you're just getting dismissed, <laughs> you know? It's just like, because you're not so attractive. And, and, 
And that is something that is really deeply rooted. And I don't know if men experience, I, I can't talk for men and I don't want to, but I can talk about myself being a woman and from knowing from other women how they experience it. And, and it can be really, when you start, when that starts to happen in your life, you think, hey, <laughs> what's going on here? <laughs> you know? and, and then you say, wait a minute. How important is that right now? It's like being attractive is getting you attention but what kind of attention? Is that an attention that I want? And I think that is, that is a very important point. It's just like, and I just had, a, had an interesting talk with somebody this afternoon about how we as women have so much to learn to support each other and not to undermine each other. And undermine each other in regards to getting the attention of men. And it can go into really nasty ways. <laughs> and, but when we are, when we are making the turn, the turn of really looking at, and it comes up especially when you're getting older, because there's probably less time than until death than 20 years ago. So, so when I look at my life and I say, what is really important? It's like when I just imagine just just imagine you have just another year to live. How would you live that year? What, what is really important for you to do during that year? And if we can live as much of our lives in that way, we are coming very close to being in touch. <laughs> I don't want to give it another name, but kind of really noticing what is important, what are my values, do I really live up to them? Do I live in the way that is wholeheartedly? Do I wholeheartedly do what I'm doing here? Or am I kind of distracting myself here, a bit and there, a bit, and kind of go into oh, a bit pleasure here just to cover this over, you know? And when we when we do that, we lo we lose something, and it's up to us. It's our it's our decision. Oh, it's our, how to say, our choice to to see what what we want to, as much as we are able to, 
to manifest what we like the direction we want to give into our lives. Like Ajahn Suchito was talking this morning about Tanha and Chanda and in one of the groups, interview groups I had, we had a discussion about it and it's quite interesting because like Chanda is really is really that driving energy that that brings forth enthusiasm, that brings forth uh, aspiration, inspiration, and also joy in the practice. And to, to kind of allow that to manifest in our lives as much as we can, as much as we want. So, so, maybe, Maybe I stop here. <laughs> I think that I might just go into a petition. I don't. I don't want to do that. So I want to encourage you. Be aware that aging is here right now, however old you are. <laughs> <coughs> and um, see, like, see if you can be really honest with how it affects you. How, what it does to your mind, what it brings up, and just make the space to work with it, make the space to, to be with that. I offer that for your reflection. Sadhu, sadhu, sadhu.